Before we get started today, I wanted to share with you an opportunity that I'm offering to go a little bit deeper with some of the things that I talk about here on the podcast. I am doing a three-day free virtual workshop called Master Your Brain Bootcamp. It's going to take place at the end of the month, February 22nd, 23rd, 24th. So that's the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. So the link to sign up is going to be in the show notes, or you can go to my Facebook or Instagram at Leah Davidson Life Coaching, and you can sign up there. Replays will be available in case you can't make it because I know it's in the middle of the day, so it can be hard for some people. And I'm planning on doing free workshops on a monthly basis, but this boot camp is going to provide you with the opportunity to kind of lay down the foundation of some of the concepts that we've talked about here on the podcast. So I would love to have you join me. Go to the show notes or my Instagram at Leah Davidson Life Coaching or my Facebook, Leah Davidson Life Coaching, and sign up there. And I can't wait to see you. All right, let's get on to today's episode. This is Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 60, The Manual. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Building Resilience Podcast. Can you believe it is episode 60? I certainly cannot believe it. And I want to ask you a quick favor. If you haven't already, I would love for you to head over to leave a review, a five-star review. It really helps people to find the podcast. And I would also love if you would share this podcast with anybody that you think would benefit. I love doing the podcast and recording it for you. And I would love so much to be able to spread the word and to reach more people. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all your support, all the comments that I do get. I really appreciate it. And if you have any ideas of topics or things that you want to cover, make sure, or you want me to cover, make sure you reach out. I would love to hear from you. You can find me on my Instagram, which is Leah Davidson Life Coaching. I'm also on Facebook, or you can just send me an email at Leah at LeahDavidsonLifeCoaching.com. I would love to hear from you. So today I want to talk to you about a concept that is super helpful in using and creating better relationships. Now it can be particularly useful when dealing with a challenging relationship, but really it's good for all relationships. And it's a concept that I learned when I was being certified at the Life Coach School. It's taught by Brooke Castillo. So it's a common one that you will hear most Life Coach School coaches talk about. And to be honest, I was hesitant when I first heard it. I didn't quite agree with it, but I think it was really because I didn't understand it. So I'm going to do my best to explain it to you today. It is called the manual. That's the tool. It's called the manual. So I want you to think about when you purchase a new electronic device or appliance or something like that, it usually comes with a manual. And if we follow the instructions, then the device should be working according to the manual. 
And the manual usually gives you some troubleshooting scenarios as well. Like if this happens, you do this. If that happens, you do that. And you can follow it and it's super helpful to have. Well, did you know that we actually have also created manuals for other people in our life that we want them to follow? Now, it may not be one that is written out. We may not even realize that we have a manual for the people in our lives, but we do. And I want to give you some examples. So for example, I have a manual for my spouse, Rob. It may look something like a good spouse contributes equally in the family. A good spouse is willing to go out on date nights once per week. A good spouse takes the garbage out without asking. A good spouse knows when and what kind of surprise I like. He knows when I want him to give advice or to stay quiet. And when the kids were little, a common one I had was a good spouse will know when I need a break from the kids. Now, your manual may not look like my manual, but I can promise you, you have ideas of what a good partner should and shouldn't do. We also have manuals for other people in our life, like our friends. So for example, I might have a good friend will text me every third day, or a good friend responds within an hour. A good friend would never forget my birthday. A good friend would make time to have dinner with me on a monthly basis. A good friend calls me when they know special something special is going on for me. I even have a manual for my clients. Like a good client is punctual. A good client doesn't cancel last minute. A good client does their homework. A good client pays me on time. You can have a manual for your parents. A good parent always makes time for me. A good parent always pays for things. A good parent sacrifices certain things for me. So we can have a manual for literally anyone and everyone in our life. A manual is the instruction guide that we have for somebody in our lives about how we would like them to behave. Even sometimes how we would like them to think or to say or to feel and not just do. Now, the reason we have a manual for them is actually so we can feel good and we can be happy. Now, the funny thing is most people don't even know we have a manual for them. We think these are the things that they should just know. Now, I know when I first heard this concept, I was a bit confused because I was like, well, isn't it important to have expectations of people? And why can I not have expectations? Now, let's be clear. I am not saying that you can't have expectations or you can't have this manual even. I just want you to be mindful that it can be very damaging when your own emotional happiness is directly tied to somebody else needing to behave a certain way. That you can only feel good if they do what's in your manual. Because what happens if they're not following your manual? Does it impact your emotional well-being? Does it impact how you feel? If it does, then they are in control of your emotions, not you. And that's not a very powerful place to be, to be dependent on someone else to be doing or saying something to make you happy. You literally are handing over the power of how you feel to somebody else. Now let's remember that when we are talking about adults, Adults get to decide what to think, what to say, what to feel, and what to do. We cannot control other people. They actually get to decide how to live their lives just like we do. 
Now, we may think that what we're asking is totally reasonable, and we may have a whole crowd of people agreeing with us that it is totally reasonable. But any adult can decide they just don't agree and go against what we're saying or wanting, and there's really nothing we can do about it. So that is a downfall, I think, of some therapies out there. So take, for example, the love languages. I love the idea of the love languages. I loved finding out what my love language was, what my husband's love language was. I actually loved figuring out and finding out when my kids were younger, I had them do all sorts of the surveys in the love language for a children book. I loved finding out what their love language was because I do think that understanding love languages is really great for connection. But the problem happens if my husband doesn't respond to me all the time in my love language. So if he doesn't follow my manual, I've even told him what my love language is. He knows what my love language is. What happens if he doesn't use that love language? What do I then make it mean? What do I allow myself to then feel? If you think about it, other people's behavior really has no impact on us emotionally until we think about it or interpret it or choose to make it mean something. We get to choose how to interpret what someone else's behavior means. No matter what people do or how they act or what they say, we don't have to give the power to others to determine how we feel. So I can see my husband do or not do something. I then get to decide what I make it mean. Now, if he does something that falls within my scope of my love language, I can think, see, he's considerate and he's talking my love language. But if he does something that falls out of my love language, can I still not just think he's being considerate because he's doing something? Of course I can. Just like I can decide to make it mean he's deliberately trying to upset me or he's being completely inconsiderate. I can really choose to make things mean what I want. So I want to make room for all the love languages. We can get in trouble if we start expecting someone else to always be responding to how we need them to respond. It's nice for you to give and receive the love language that you want, but make sure you're also leaving room and space for people to show up with how they are and how they want to be. I believe that we are actually responsible for meeting our own needs. And if we create a manual for someone, it's often our way of trying to manipulate somebody else to act a certain way so that we get our needs fulfilled. We think that if the other person would just change their behavior, then we would feel better. But again, remember, it's our thinking that determines how we feel. When we don't take responsibility for how we feel, we hand over our power. We give our power away to someone else based on their behavior. And trying to control or manipulate people does not work. I mean, short term, as long as the other person follows the manual, things are good. But if they're only doing something because they're just trying to follow your manual, then that is really short term. Because what happens when they mess up? What do you then make it mean? Now, you might be thinking, because this is what I did think, if I don't have a manual, then everything's going to fall apart. My relationship will fall apart. If I don't set these expectations, what is going to happen? Well, the real truth is if you have a manual for someone and they are following it just to make you happy or to keep you quiet, 
then really you're not having an authentic relationship with them anyhow. You're having a relationship with the person you want them to be, not the person that they actually are. Dropping the manual can be really scary, but it can also be really, really freeing. Dropping the manual, it's such a freeing thing to do because you're stopping trying to take control of everything. But of course, letting go of control can be scary for a lot of us. Now, does this mean that we just have no expectations of everyone and everything? Like I just have to accept what other people give me then? Well, I'm saying that having these expectations, especially ones that the person doesn't even know about, is not a good idea. Having expectations can really set yourself up for disappointment if you're expecting them to do something for you in order for you to feel good. I will only feel that you love me if you follow my manual is not a great place to be. But we don't have to go to the other extreme either and say, okay, so now I can't want for anything. I can't have any expectations. Of course, it's okay to want things. Of course, it's okay to have expectations. It's okay for us to ask for things or make requests for things. I want to share with you a concept that I learned from Amy Gianni. She was one of my coaches and mentors that we had back on the podcast a few weeks ago about healthy relationships. And she taught me that there's a difference between an expectation and a request to collaborate. Now, expectations are often coming from places of trying to be controlling and demanding. And it comes from the spirit of, I want it, I need it. You need to give it to me in order for me to be happy. But the request for collaboration is really advocating for what I want. I can stand for what I want. Now, I'm not asking for things because if you don't give them to me, I'm not happy. I've done my own work. I've owned my own feelings. I am responsible for my own happiness, but there are still just some things I feel strongly about and that I do want. Then I'm making a request or I'm asking my partner to collaborate with me to find a way for something that will work for both of us. We can love and accept what we have in our relationship and still want more. Wanting more in a relationship does not mean that you're not satisfied in the relationship. We can just want more. We can also decide that there are some requests that we make that are really non-negotiable for us. And we can still make those requests. But if your partner doesn't honor that request, You want to take responsibility for how you feel and what you do with that. And you can also have a discussion about some things that are kind of like the non-negotiables for you. But again, you own how you feel about it. You can understand that the other person does not have to bend towards you. You get to decide what you do with that. You get to decide what to do with the things you can control. So you get to decide your actions, your choices, your decisions, your thoughts. We also want to be mindful that we have a manual for ourselves. And this often shows up in statements such as, I should, or I used to, I should be doing better than this, I should be doing that. You probably have a manual for yourself. Maybe it's a manual as a parent or as a friend or a business owner. It's really common for us as parents to have a manual. I know that I have a big manual for myself as a mother and a stepmother. So things like a good mother never forgets to send her school 
or her kid to school with lunch. A good mother will always cancel her plans to take care of something her kid needs. A good mother works this amount or cleans that amount or makes these kind of meals or celebrates her kid's birthday this way. Again, I'm not opposed to having a manual for myself, but I want to be aware that I have one and I want to make sure that I'm writing this manual for myself, not like society or social media or I'm busy comparing myself with my friends or other people who seem to do things differently. So I may find it helpful for me to have a manual, but I want to be writing it. I want to be aware of it and I want it to be filled with kindness and compassion because you know what? A good mother may do all these things that I list, but a good mother also is a human and a good mother will mess up all the time. And a good mother has lots and lots of flaws. So remember that your manual wants to include everything if you do decide to write one for yourself. And also ask yourself, are you making criteria in your manual, things that you have to meet in order to be worthy? Like, are you only happy or love yourself if you act a certain way? And we'll talk about more about this in future when we talk about how to define your success as a parent. But for now, I just want you to be aware that you probably have a manual for yourself. It's actually a manual that you wrote for yourself and you want to make sure that you like what's in it and you really want to fill it with compassion and kindness and acceptance and understanding. Now, the last thing before I leave is I also want you to be aware that when I talk about manuals, I'm talking about having manuals with adults in our life that we have personal relationships with. Now, this is not the same thing as a manual that we may have for employees or for our children. These are different scenarios and a manual can be appropriate for these other scenarios because there's expectations tied to work. And with children, we are actually trying to teach them something. As our children become late teens and adult children, then our manuals change. And when they're adults, we also need to consider dropping the manuals entirely for them. But for employees and children, you can actually have clear expectations laid out for them. But you can also then have clear consequences for not meeting these expectations. You can be clear and consistent in both these areas. These are the expectations. And if they're not met, then these are the consequences. So you can do this though, without being emotionally affected from their behavior. You could actually remove the emotion for consequences with our children. These are the expectations. This is the consequence. We don't need to issue the consequence in anger or frustration. We're issuing it in love ahead of time. So these are the expectations. And this is a consequence if you don't uphold these expectations. It's perfectly appropriate to have manuals. We don't we can just call them expectations, but it is appropriate when we're raising younger children or we're dealing in a circumstance like employees where they are paid to meet these expectations. That is what I have for you today, everyone. My main message is we don't want to hand over our happiness or our feelings to other people. Only if you do this, will I be okay? Only if you do what I want you to do, will I be okay? We don't want to be doing that. We want to take responsibility for ourselves, our own emotional resilience, and our own mental health. We don't want to be acting as like a pinball being tossed around by other people's actions and other people's emotions. We do get to decide how we think, feel, act, and others do too. 
We are responsible for ourselves and other people are responsible for themselves. We want to do things for others because we want to. And we want others to do things for us because they want to. Not because they have some ultimatum or we're trying to manipulate or control them. If this is something that you struggle with, you are in perfectly good company. It kind of goes against a lot of what we've been taught where give our partners a list of how we need them to behave and hope they make those changes so we can be happy. But really, you are in charge of your own happiness. Reach out if you're struggling with this. I would love to help. Have a great week. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.